Yo, this is Axel Rose of Guns N' Roses. Hey, this is Carmen Electra. Hi, this is Daryl Strawberry. What up, though? This is Big Snoop Deal Double G. Hi, this is John Stallard. Hey, yo, Hulk Hogan here. What's up? This is Beyonce. I got a great show lined up for y'all. Hey, yo, yo, yo. Let's get this party started. The Sports Beat. You know what? Let's keep it hot. The Sports Beat is off the chain, man. Ah, yeah. The Sports Beat. Download the podcast now. You're listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. Alright, it's Friday. I'm excited about this show. Welcome everybody to the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. So excited about this show. I cannot tell you how excited I am about this show. Just a reminder that you are listening to us on WQEE 99.1 FM, the key. And we are brought to you by Ivy Park Sports Bar Grill and Go Jump and Slide Inflatables. Episode 377 on this May the 20th, 2022. It's game day down in Russell County. I will head over there right after work to call my final game as the public address announcer for Russell County as I make the transition over to play-by-play announcer. A lot of people are thinking, why are you giving up that public address announcer job? That's like the coolest job in the world because you get to do the, the calls on the, in the stadium. And I'm like, well... Play-by-play is where it's money's at. I mean, that's where the resume builder is. That's where you can see my work. There's no video archive footage of me doing PA announcing for Russell County. There's not. They do have the TV broadcast, and you could barely hear me in the background. So with that being said, we do have a great show. I'm going to have Gabe Reynolds on shortly. lot to talk about in sports, including the Jimbo Fisher-Nick Saban beef. But this beef between Jimbo Fisher and Nick Saban is kind of reminding me of Tupac and Biggie. Or Jay-Z and Nas or LL Cool J and Kumo D. I mean, whatever beef you think is going to be relevant for the times. Maybe Cardi B and Candace Owens? I don't know. So we are going to talk about that once I have Gabe on the show. We got conference finals to talk about. The Boston Celtics even things up. You don't think Marcus Smart and Al Horford make a difference now? Oh yeah, they do. But... These conference finals are not very compelling. They're not competitive at all. They're all blowouts, and I don't want to see blowouts. The Tampa Bay Lightning imposed their will against the Florida Panthers, and I am calling it they are going to win their third straight Stanley Cup. It is inevitable, despite what Colorado Avalanche fans think. They think that Russell Wilson is their good luck charm. Braves were off. They'll take on Miami for a three-game series. LaGrange High School baseball team is headed to Rome today to play North Oconee in the state championship, a best of three series. You have Central in the state title against Hewitt Trustville this weekend. Oh, it's just an exciting time. Columbus State wins their first game in the NCAA tournament. It's a great time to be a sports fan in the Fountain City. Let's go ahead and start the show. You know, I really don't want to go too long today because I want to have Gabe on, but this Jimbo Fisher, Nick Saban thing, yeah, we're going to talk about it in detail. It I have an opinion on it. They're not wrong. You know, you could take sides, but the fact of the matter is NIL has completely shaken the landscape of college football because now teams, teams with money, can just buy their players. So I understand why Coach Saban is frustrated. But to come out and say that Texas A&M bought 
all their players, that's why they have the number one recruiting class. That's uh, a little, that's being a little salty. Remember, we are now in the era of NIL. They're allowed to do that. That's not true! So get your facts straight. Anyway, I don't want to talk too much on this because I really want to get Gabe Reynolds on so we can discuss this. All right, congratulations to Columbus State for winning their opening round in the Southeast Regional 15-8 to as they defeated Belmont Abbey and Robert Brooks becomes the all-time home run leader in Columbus State history with 64 career home runs. That's a lot of home runs. And Robert Brooks, he's now following me on Twitter, and I would love to get him on the show. The couple of games that I went to to see Columbus State, I believe he was hitting a home run. I mean, that's obvious that he's going to hit a home run. Uh, Matthew McDade hit a home run. I mean, he, he had some, you had some players hit the home runs. So today, the Columbus State Cougars will take on the defending NCAA champions Wingate, and it is the Wingate bracket up in North Carolina. And you can catch the game at seven o'clock on Cougar Radio, as Scott Miller will have the call. Good luck to the Columbus State Cougars. Good luck to the LaGrange College Panthers as they will take on Cemetery up at Williamson Field at Cleveland Stadium in LaGrange, Georgia. Hope to see a lot of fans out there. I know that the weather looks kind of eh, not all that great, but good luck to them. We had Boston even things up with Miami as these games are just not competitive. going to go into detail with this with Gabe, and we're going to talk a little bit about that. And I hope that I could get him on and we could just talk everything conference finals and which NBA finals matchup would we like to see. I'm doing my best to avoid Dallas and Miami. I do not want to see that for a third time. So here's what's on tap for next week. I'm going to have Rob Frazier on the show on Monday, and then I'm going to spread out my guests. I reached out to several people to see if they can get on the show. I don't know when I'm going to have these shows, but I reached out to Thrift Behringer, who's one of the co-hosts for Sports Visions, the only local sports talk radio in Columbus. They have their shows on Monday and Thursdays, and Thrift does the show along with DJ Jones, the former safety for the 1980 Georgia Bulldogs national champions, and he also played for the Green Bay Packers and Denver Broncos. He is also enshrined. He is also inducted into the Chattahoochee Valley Sports Hall of Fame. And they do a great job with that show. I've been a guest on it. I I thought that was an honor. And so we're going to talk about that show. And we're going to talk about what Thrift is doing with Campus Academy. As he has a great program for kids. I know him from when my daughter was doing cheerleading. He was the referee for the basketball games. So a very busy guy. And I'm really interested to see what he has to say. Also, I will have LaGrange High School baseball coach Donnie Branch has also agreed to be on the show. Hopefully, we can talk about a state championship for the LaGrange Grangers as they are in the state title for the first time since 2004. And I'll try to get my regular guests on as well. All right, it's time to bring Gabe on the show, so don't go anywhere. When I come back, I will have Gabe on the show. This is the show, and we're not going to change it.
Welcome back to the show. Just a reminder, you are listening to us on WQEE 99.1 FM, The Key, and we are brought to you by Ivy Park Sports Bar and Grill and Go Jump and Slide Inflatables. And my guest on Friday's show, we got a good one, folks, Gabe Reynolds, the girls' head basketball coach at Ezell Harding Christian High School in Nashville, Tennessee. Gabe, welcome to the show. Hey, Riz, thanks for having me, man. Glad to be here. All right, I'm ready to talk some... Nick Saban, Jimbo Fisher beef. Just to reset the story, late after my show, I didn't get a chance to talk about it. I think it just got misinterpreted. Nick Saban is frustrated because NIL has leveled the playing field, and Nick Saban's not happy. He can't get every player he wants. I mean, there's there are four- and five-star players that's willing to go to the university that is willing to pay the most money. And let's be honest, Gabe. Texas A&M has got money. They did have the number one recruiting class. I can understand his frustration. Yeah, the frustration is there. But I think, you know, the, the thing with sound bites, people will take a sound bite and they will cut they will cut it where they want to. If you go back and listen to the interview, Saban wasn't even talking to the media. He was actually talking to his boosters and the alumni base in Alabama. So he was in Alabama when he was talking about it. And if you listen to the entire soundbite, what Saban said was A&M, he said A&M bought the players. He didn't say Jimbo bought the players. He said A&M bought the recruiting class. He was basically taking a shot at his base and saying, if we want to continue to stay competitive, we got to go out and you all got to pony up money so that we can go out and get these NIL deals for these players. And that's all he was saying. He didn't say anybody did something illegal. He didn't say they did something wrong. He just basically said, the way that the game is going now, this is what you got to do. That's all he said. And everybody took it the wrong way to include Jimbo, to include Dion, to include to include other, other uh, media pundits. But he didn't say anything wrong. That is where it's going now. Everything is about his name, name, image, and likeness. That's what it is. He didn't say anything wrong, and I think it got blown. It got blown way out of proportion. And what Jimbo said yesterday. So let's talk about Jimbo. Here's the thing: if you know something about another person, and you know their past, why would you bring that up? Because you worked for him. You were there. So does that does that mean you did some of the same illegal stuff that you're saying that your former boss did? You just implicated yourself. So I think Jimbo was wrong in how he responded because he never used the name. He never said Jimbo cheated. He said they bought players. Now, Nick came back and tried to walk it back yesterday. Maybe he shouldn't have named the schools. He shouldn't have targeted specific schools. Which I agree. You should never do that because that you, that's not what you want to do. However, it was stated that it was in the newspaper. So it's not like Saban just made up some stuff. It was in the papers. They said, hey, A&M paid this amount of money for these players to come to the school. He said it's in the paper. Jackson State got a million dollars for Travis Hunter to flip his commitment from Florida State to Jackson State. He didn't take no shots personally at anybody. 
He only said what was reported in the paper. Tell me where. Show me where Saban purposely accused another team of cheating. Yeah, you can't find it. You're not, and you're not going to find it. So the beef, there really is no beef, but Jimbo made it a beef. Let's just say, let's just call that. Jimbo made it more than what it really supposed. I joked around on my Twitter that Jimbo's about to make a diss track. You're gonna call it "Hit 'Em Up Part Two. Yeah, but here's the thing: like I said, you can't go out there and say you can't accuse somebody of something and then don't say it. Like if you're gonna say check his past, you he's done this and done that, talked to his assistants. Well, Jimbo, you an assistant. You was one of his assistants. Tell us what he really did. We shouldn't have to go dig and look or talk to Lane Kiffin or anybody else. No, tell us. Because here's the thing. Kirby. Kirby has left, got a job. McElwain left, got a job. Adam Gates left, got a job with the Dolphins and another team in the NFL twice. Jimbo, you got a job. All these, Lane Kiffin got a job. Uh, what's the guy that said uh, Texas right now? Sartiz got a Steve job. Sar- Brian Dable left, got a job. Now the Hail head. Tucker. Where's all of this stuff? And if it's so bad, then why is Nick Saban's coaching tree and all these people constantly getting hyped? But you say he's done illegal stuff. You said check his path. Well, Jimbo, tell us what he's done wrong. Well, I think that before Nick Saban got there, Alabama had a problem with uh, cheating scandals, and you know they were on probation the whole the whole 2005 season. You know, it was just a a wash, and then uh, you know it's just calling the the kettle calling the pot black. I mean, you know, Jimbo. First of all, I don't know where he's coming from. I just know that Nick Saban just came out and said Texas A&M bought all their players, so you have NIL now. NIL, you're allowed to do that. But Jimbo got offended to the point. We're like, we didn't buy any of our players. He was pointing the finger. He was pounding his fist on the desk. You know, when you're guilty of something and somebody accuses you of something, you can just blow up and say, that is outrageous. I have never. Or you could just play it cool and like, yeah, so what? We bought our players. We have NIL now. Texas A&M's got oil money. I mean, we have a I mean, rich I mean, it's booster. True. It's yeah. true. They do. And, they that, got... and that's, what, that's, that's what I took from what Saban's comments were. They got money. Texas got money. A&M got money. If we're going to be successful and we're going to be competitive, y'all going to have to open up your checkbooks and you're going to have to do different things to get our kids, what we want, because it's changed now. Nobody. So I heard a comment uh, stated NIL has le- has leveled the playing field to the point where schools like Oklahoma, Miami, USC, Texas, Texas A&M and Tennessee are starting to go from the bottom to the top. Because think about it in California, you got money. Texas, Oklahoma, that's all money. So if, if I tell you right now, Oklahoma may be the king of the Big 12, but watch out, T-Bone Pickens family at Oklahoma State, they're going to rise up and get some of that money. And you look at what Clemson is doing. 
Dabo shot himself in the foot and said he was not going to pay players or do anything like that. He wasn't going to do it. And look, it's starting to suffer because now, because Clemson doesn't want to do NIL, South Carolina's benefiting from it. North Carolina's benefiting from it. NC State's benefiting from it. Georgia's benefiting from it because nobody wants to go to Clemson anymore. So it has truly, truly changed the game. And it's changing the game for good. But if you don't have the infrastructure or the money from your alumni base, you're not going to be able to succeed and sustain. You're going to start seeing the landscape of college football completely change. We're going to start seeing parity. I still think Alabama is going to be great. Also, USC is going to be great. Texas is going to be great. You're going to see a lot of great teams once again compete with Alabama, and that's what's going to make college football very interesting. Yes, Gabe, you're a big Alabama fan. I'm a Georgia fan. These two teams, they're going to compete for the national championship for years to come. I just think that the playing field has got level enough where, yes, Ohio State is always good. They're always competing for the college football playoff. You're going to start seeing teams like USC competing for the college football playoff. You're going to start seeing teams. Oklahoma is going to be good. They've they've always been good, but Oklahoma is going to figure out some of their holes. They always get the quarterback right. They just can't stop anybody. But Texas is going to be good. Yeah, you'll see a level playing field. You know, you know one thing about Saban. Saban is very calculated. He's very calculated when he has the microphone in front of him. You think he didn't say that on purpose? Remember, let's go. Let's go a few years back when. Hugh Freeze was in the SEC, oh, and, every, and everybody was running the um, the hurry up offense and the spread offense. And Saban made a comment that said, "This is bad for college football because the defense doesn't have time to get set." Right? I do remember that. What did he do the next year? He went and got a spread quarterback, Jalen Hurts. And then ever since then, he's been getting the quarterback right. Nick but Saban. Not the, not, it, not the quarterback. He went and got the coordinator. Oh, that's, that's right. He got Lane Kiffin. Time, at the time, Kiffin had just got fired. He went and got Kiffin. And when he got Kiffin, Kiffin oh. didn't get there with Jalen Hurts. Kiffin was there with Blake Sims, Coker. Because Blake Sims won the SEC championship and Coker won the national championship. And then the next year, Hurts came in, and Hurts got them there, and that's when Kiffin basically got the FAU job, and he left. And then that's when Sarkeesian filled in, and then Sarkeesian went to the Falcons. So Saban, he'll say some stuff. He'll be in the media because here's the thing. What is everybody talking about right now? Everybody's talking about NIL. Everybody's talking about all these other, all the players, right? Who are they not talking about? They're not talking about Alabama and Nick Saban. Now what is everybody talking about? Alabama, Nick Saban, and the beef with Jimbo Fisher. Remember, Saban just lost the championship to his assistant. He lost the two assistants in the past year. You think Saban ain't vulnerable? You don't think Saban want to win another title before he retires? Saban knows how to dominate the headline. If Saban's name is out there and he's putting it out there like this, you don't think 
Saban ain't going to be able to work that transfer portal and then also be able to get NIL deals for all of his players? Bryce Young got, got a million dollars before he even stepped foot for playing for Alabama. You don't think everybody else out there can't capitalize off of that? Saban is talking to his base. He going to get the money that he needs to go out and get the players to remain competitive. He ain't got to do nothing. He did what he needed to do. Now, he's walking it back a little bit, but is he really walking it back? No. You don't think Deion Sanders ain't using Barstool to do what he got to do to get those players to come to Jackson State? You think Nick Saban ain't, ain't taking a shot at Affleck, Tyson Foods, Coke, Mercedes-Benz to get them money for internships or whatever so that those players can get NIL deals? Those are big money boosts. I mean, big money NIL people. Mercedes-Benz alone. Nick Saban has several Mercedes-Benz dealerships. Tyson Foods. Affleck. He's on these commercials. You don't think that. Saban is calculating in what he does. They're going to get the money to pay those Alabama students that NIL deal and those 17, 18, those JUCO players to come to Alabama. And what that's going to do, that's going to make other schools have to up their game. Now, the only drawback to this may be everybody keeps talking about there needs to be uh, legislation for how NIL is governed. If anything else, because of what Saban said and what Jimbo, what they're doing right now, that may that may lead to how the NIL is regulated and governed. Until then, the Supreme Court said there's nothing illegal. California passed their own law. Florida passed their own law. So every state is different in how NIL is governed. So until there's federal regulations, it's a it's a it's basically a, a free-for-all on the market right now. So Jimbo ain't doing nothing illegal. Ohio State ain't doing nothing illegal. Memphis ain't doing nothing illegal. Jackson State ain't doing nothing illegal. Texas, Oklahoma, Alabama, it, nobody's doing anything illegal. All these kids are benefiting. Now, a couple of days ago, before all this came out, you had some high school kids that ain't even in college. They ain't even graduated high school. They signed NILD. So it's going all the way down. So regulation is going to come soon. Watch. But for right now, in the middle of May, nobody was talking about college football. Everybody's talking about college football now because the NFL was dominating the headlines. Yeah, Gabe, I've never listened to Josh Pate or the Paul Feinbaum show in May. I did. The two uh, shows where I get my most information when it comes to college football, uh, Late Kick with Josh Pate and the Paul Feinbaum show. And it, it was captivative radio. It was absolutely amazing. Yeah, man. I mean, hey, who, nobody's, hey now everybody's talking about, and this is going to go through the entire summer because you forget, don't forget, the SEC – their meetings in Destin, Florida coming up next month. And then you got SEC Media Day in July. Man, it's going to go all the way to October 6th when Texas A&M comes to Alabama to play. Oh, that is that is the most anticipated game this year. It's not Notre Dame, Ohio State. It's not Georgia and Oregon. It's Texas A&M and Alabama. Oh, yeah. You might as well put that in the steel cage 
have uh, Vince McMahon promoted. That's hell in a cell worthy right there. All right. Well, Gabe, uh, I mean, seriously, we can go on and on and talk about Nick Saban and Jimbo Fisher, but I got you on the show so we could talk some NBA playoffs. Yeah, man, let's go. Hey. Well, first of all, these these conference games are not exciting. They're they're blow they're blowouts. It, it it depends. I mean, you know, it's only two games in. Like last night, Boston, you know, that first game when Miami won, Boston was down two key people. Last night, Smart, Marcus Smart came back and Boston blew him out. I think both series are gonna go seven games. I think Golden State and Dallas is gonna go seven. I think Miami and Boston is going to go seven. It's going to be very captivating with what's going on. You you want a competitive competitive final. I mean, with, with Milwaukee being out, you're going to get a new champion. But if you look at everybody that's in there, you've got all, you, the final four in the NBA are all former champions. Yes, you're, you're absolutely right. Boston – Boston, Miami, and Golden State have won multiple championships. Dallas is the only one that nobody really gives a chance to. And Dallas did win that title in 2011 when they defeated the Heatles, that first run with LeBron, D-Wade, and Chris Bosh. Unless you're a Miami Heat fan or a LeBron fan, they were the villains of the NBA. They were the most hated team. We can go down a rabbit hole and talk about you know just everything that that Heat dynasty stood for. But one thing that's still a current, Eric Spolstra, still a very good head coach. He is still around Pat Riley, the general manager. The Heat have a very good foundation, and they're trying to build off not just Jimmy Butler, but they do have some role players that are undrafted, like Gabe Vincent and Max Struss. Tyler Hero coming off the bench. He was one of the heroes in 2020 when they reached the NBA Finals. So I know it's early. I would like to see either Warriors, Celtics, or Warriors Heat, and I'll tell you what. I don't want to see Mavericks and Heat because we've seen it twice already. They met in the NBA Finals in 2006 and 2011. I want to see a new finals. I mean, I really don't really care for the the, the Boston Miami Conference Championship, but I would I, I'll be honest, I would really like to see Miami and Golden State or Dallas and Boston in the finals. But I think if I had to pick, I think it's going to be Boston and Golden State. A very interesting pick. What the Warriors are doing is amazing because they are a shell of those championship teams. Remember, they single-handedly won two titles with Kevin Durant. He was the NBA Finals MVP. Steph Curry disappeared in those finals. They're getting older. Yes, they still have the, the core pieces that won the title. They came out of nowhere at 15, but look at all the breaks the Warriors got. Kawhi Leonard steps on Zaza Pachulia's foot. Chris Paul uh, gets a knee injury. The imploding of the Oklahoma City Thunder blowing that 3-1 to one lead against Golden State in 16. You know how many breaks the Warriors got to get to the finals? I mean, look at what they're doing now. They're getting breaks. They're getting breaks now. The thing is, they have championship DNA. You can't take anything away from Golden State. They may have lost Kevin Durant. They may have lost uh, Iguodala and all of those, all of those pieces. But they, the one thing that they, they remained, they kept the core intact. They they kept the core. And the core is Steph Curry, Draymond Green, Klay Thompson, and you still got Steve Kerr 
as the coach. Keeping that and and if you go and and let's let's go to Miami. If you go to Miami, they kept their core intact, not player wise, but management. You still got Pat Riley as the GM. You got Eric Spolstra as the coach. That foundation is there. Boston still Danny Ainge moved up in the upper management. Brad Stevenson moved to basically the GM. They went out and got a good coach. I'm going to just say Nia Long's husband because everybody knows Nia Long. So I'm going to say oh, Nia Long. Oh, yeah, that's right. You got a you got a celebrity head coach over there. So you got Imadoka as a coach. And in, if you go back and look, in the beginning of the year, they were floundering. Everybody was like, they're not going to be this, they're not. And he got them rolling. Their defense is phenomenal. Look at what they did to Giannis. In the semifinals, they threw three different people at Giannis. Every time Giannis went to the hole, they were right there taking charges. They were right there stopping him. Then you look at last night's game, they kind of let Jimmy Butler do his thing, but they held him in check, and they kind of just stopped everybody else. Lowry is not playing as great as he did earlier in the season. Harrow, they're running him off the three-point line. Bam, they're matching him up with Williams and everybody else, corporate and all of them. So Boston has a little bit more leverage because they can put Marcus Smart on Jimmy Butler. Like they, the matchups across the board is going to be different. That's why I think if Boston gets to the finals, they're going to make it way harder for Golden State to win because Golden State, you can put you put Marcus Smart on Steph Curry, that leaves Tatum and that leaves Brown free to rest on defense and to have more legs and strength on offense. And then you can put Horford on Draymond and then you rotate Grant Williams and you rotate some other players in there and you put uh, Tatum or Brown on Klay Thompson and you put Tatum on Jordan Poole. Man, like it's going to come down to the bench of the Celtics versus the bench of the Warriors. And then think about it. If they play the Dallas, Boston just puts Marcus Smart on Luka, and then they basically go at Luka the same way they went at, uh, at uh, Giannis. So it's a seven-game series. So every time you play, you come with something different every time, whereas opposed in the, in the NCAA tournament, it's, a, it's one and done. So it's hard. You can make adjustments at the end of a game. That's why I say I think both series are going to go seven games. Absolutely, Gabe. You are right. Uh, Let's talk about this upcoming NBA draft. It will be next month. Of course, the Orlando Magic win the lottery. You know, it kind of worked out for the Magic every time they get the overall number one pick. 92, they draft Shaq. 93, they only had one ping pong ball. They draft Chris Webber, trade him to the Warriors for Penny Hardaway. 2004, they draft Dwight Howard. What do you think? Do they get Chet Holmgren there and he, they pair him up with Jalen Suggs? I think they're going to get the guy to Auburn. Ooh, Jabari Smith. I think they're going to. I think they're going to go for him. I mean, the NBA draft this year is kind of weak still, but I think they're going to go. I think they're going to go get the guy to Auburn. 
You are right about the NBA draft being weak. I don't see any superstars coming out of this draft, but there are three players that can make an immediate impact, uh, averaging 17 points a game and getting close to eight boards. Chet Holmgren, Paolo Banchero, and Jabari Smith. And that is it. Everybody else is a hit and miss. Even Jaden Ivey, with his shooting, he may, he may not be able to shoot in the NBA. I mean, he shot great in, in Purdue. I don't like Chet Holmgren as the number one pick because – he needs more strength. Like, I wouldn't waste my number one pick on – think Sean Bradley. Think to be – think about think about those guys that came out. Think Greg Oden. Like, I don't see Chet Holgram being able – unless he puts on some more strength, he can get – he can get a little bit uh, stronger. I see I see Holgram as a, 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 a Sean Bradley bust. Gabe, I'll be honest with you. Gonzaga players have not really had the greatest NBA career. Look at Adam Morrison. Look at Ronnie Turioff. Uh, Jalen Suggs didn't even make the all-rookie team last year. Nope. I think that Chet Holmgren, you're right. As, as much as the upside is to Chet Holmgren because of the way he dominated Memphis in that second round, they really, him and Drew Timmy were like, but they, they were, they were supposed to because they were the overall number one seed. I mean, but you got to look at Chet Holmgren's body of work. He could possibly be a bust. You're absolutely right. I actually think that the Magic should get Jabari Smith. He's the most polished player. But how about this? They, I was looking at a mock NBA draft. You know the San Antonio Spurs have a lottery pick? And then they're, they are projecting that they are going to draft the center, Jalen Durden from Memphis. Yeah. And, and you know what? If, if, if these workouts go well, I can see Dern actually moving up higher in the draft because, in my opinion, and it's not me being a Memphis homer, just by watching some of these guys play other than uh, Abaji out of Kansas, I don't see any – Panchero didn't really show me much at Duke. I think the guy out of Kentucky was uh, better, but he decided to stay one more year. Who, yeah, the, he, the player of the year. Yeah, Tbilisi. Yeah, I think – if he would have came out, he would have been a number one pick. That's just me. But I don't see – I think right now the top four between Orlando, Oklahoma City, Houston, and Sacramento, I, I can see – I can honestly see uh, Orlando going with Jabari Smith, and then I can see Oklahoma City going for Jaden Ivory. I can see – Chet Holmgren falling to to a Sacramento. Those are the type of players that Pop likes. And I could see Duran going to um, Sacramento. So, it, I, I mean, it, it all depends on how these pre-draft camps in the combine goes. Right now, I, I don't know. I don't – I'm not impressed with the draft. There's no – there's not really anybody that's just coming out that's just so dynamic that I'm like – Yo, they got to get that guy. So would you say that this is the weakest draft since the year 2000? Uh, I mean, Man. outside of the draft that Zion and, uh, Zion and Ja were in, outside of those, those two, that draft was weak also. Well, let's go back to the 2000 NBA draft because that was one of the weakest drafts I ever saw. That was the draft where... Kenyon Martin was selected overall number one by the New Jersey Nets. 
You also had uh, Stromile Swift drafted uh, second by the Vancouver Grizzlies. Remember, it was the year 2000. Darius Miles, the talented high school kid drafted by the Clippers. Marcus Pfizer drafted by the Bulls. DeMar Johnson. Oh, man, if you're a Hawks fan, it's like, oh, they whiffed on DeMar Johnson. A lot of bad pu- – like, okay, so – do you is there a Hall of Famer in the 2000 NBA draft? Do you think that there is an NBA Hall of Famer? I'll give you the closest player because you got you also got to remember who was undrafted. Oh, the Boston Celtics head coach Emi Adoka was undrafted in the 2000 NBA draft. If I had to say there was a, a um, Hall of Famer in that draft. Mike Miller could be a Hall of Famer. Turkaloo. Turkaloo, yes. Turkaloo could be a Hall of Famer. That's probably about it. That's it. Yeah. Kenyon Martin was the only one that actually uh, – oh, and Jamal McGlure. So they – oh, and Michael Red. They all made all-stars. They were they were the all-stars. of the. But that was a very weak NBA draft. I'm trying to think if there was another – you remember when the Toronto Raptors a couple years ago drafted Andrea Bargiani? Yeah, that was a weak draft too. Barg Andrea Bargiani. He was drafted in the 2006 NBA draft. Oh, let's talk about the 2006 NBA draft. These are some uh, okay, so LaMarcus Aldridge was selected. Boy, I wish the Toronto Raptors really hope they got that pick back. That was the draft that Adam Morrison, I already talked about him. He was a bust. Tyrus Thomas was a bust. Sheldon Williams was a bust. Brandon Roy, he was starting to become an NBA superstar, and then he got injured. Yep. Randy Foy, bust. Rudy Gay, you know, I got. He was drafted eighth. He's had bust. a pretty good. Eh, he's had a pretty good NBA career. Bust. Doesn't he average like twenty points a game? We don't like him in Memphis. All right, all right, all right. Patrick <laughs> O'Brien. What were the Warriors thinking when they drafted Patrick O'Brien? They weren't. Thabo Sebalosha. Oh, hey, a Memphis guy, Rodney Carney. You remember Rodney Carney? I remember Carney. Also, uh, and Shawnee Williams. Shawnee, yep. Sean Williams. Williams. Yeah. But you know, that draft had, that draft wasn't as weak as, as everybody thinks because Aldridge, Roy, you Rajon had Rondo. Rondo was in that draft. Paul Millsap. Uh, Lowry was in that draft. Armar was in that draft. You had some good picks that came like way later. Like PJ Tucker's still in the league right now. Rondo, oh, still that's in the right. League. Solomon Jones. <laughs> Paul Millsap was was late. D Brown was in that draft. Ron Hollis. Like you had a lot of second rounders that were that were that were, that were playing still. Thabo Sebalusha. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, the draft at the top was weak, but Steve Novak, you had a lot of good players that came way late in the second round or in the latter. Shannon Brown, I mean, got to the – ended up with the uh, – ended up with the Lakers and then married Monica, of all people. You know, hey, he won a championship with Kobe. So, it was some – it was some – Hit or miss people in in this draft. Ronnie Brewer came out of Arkansas. Oh yeah, I remember him. JJ Reddy was the uh, number eleven pick to the Magic. So it, it was that draft wasn't as weak, but Bariani had he not gotten hurt, 
He would have been. He would have been special. I gotta just say because we're both proud alumni of a little small rural Christian university in Henderson, Tennessee, called Freed Harmon University. So their Lady Lions softball team, they're playing in the NAIA World Series, and it just so happens to be in Columbus, Georgia, my hometown. Awesome. That's hey, big big ups to the Lady Lions uh, softball team. That is a great accomplishment. We want them to go out there and win it all and bring another national title back to Henderson, Tennessee and Freed Hardeman University. Absolutely. I already got the schedule. Game one will be Thursday night at the South Commons Softball Complex in Columbus, Georgia at 7 o'clock. They are the number three seed. They will take on Indiana Wesleyan. And if they win that game, they're more than likely going to face Oklahoma City in the second round. You remember, Oklahoma City has always been a thorn in Freed Harmon's side in basketball. And they have just – can they just move to NCAA Division Two already? It would be nice for them to move to D2, but politics, man. It's going to be politics. It's double elimination, so – even if they, you know, they still got a chance to play their way back into into it. But, I mean, I, I think personally if they win on Thursday, they don't play again until Saturday. And, you know, they got that one game. The goal is just win that first game, stay in the winner's bracket, and then they get uh, a day of rest because yes. I'm looking at the brackets now. Oklahoma City has to play Friday, and then they have to turn around and play on a back-to-back. So that gives Freed Hardeman their ace. That gives them a day of rest, and then they can throw their ace right back out there on uh, Saturday. Oh, that is going to be a very busy Memorial Day weekend for myself. I plan on being at that game Thursday. However, if they do play Oklahoma City or whoever in that second game, I am actually calling the Columbus Lions at the exact same time, but it's in it's all in the same area. The Columbus Civic Center is right there where the softball field is, where the baseball field is, the historic football field. Just the whole sports complex is all in the same area. Okay. All they got to do is win two to get to the finals. You win those two, you don't have to go into the Blues' bracket and, and try to play your way back. And that's the goal. Just stay – just, just take care of business and get there and put all the pressure. Get to the semifinals because if you can get the Monday night's game um, against the, the, the upper bracket, you only got to win one game to get back to the finals. Once you get to the finals, it is all bets are off. Yeah, all bets are off. You know, the Lady Lions had a very special season, 51-4. and four was their final record going into the NAIA World Series. Of course, Mobile is the number one seed, Oklahoma City the number two seed, and your Freed Harbin Lady Lions are the number three seed. They will take on Indiana Wesleyan, the number six seed, on Thursday night. Luckily, I have a day off from work on Friday, so I plan on being at the Common Softball Complex. Tickets are $15. I was actually tempted about getting that season pass for $50 you can watch every single game in the NAIA World Series that's kind of a deal but also I could play the whole I'm in the media card and try to see if I get a media pass <laughs> I mean I would do that that's yeah. just me though that's just me 
Oh, man, I, I was jokingly uh, message Coach Todd Humphrey. You guys need a play-by-play announcer? <laughs> what do you say? Uh, he hasn't responded back. You know, the NAIA has their own broadcast team. They'll, they'll be broadcasting the game. You can watch the games. Uh, I've, I heard that the semifinal and the final game is going to be televised ESPN+. Plus. That's not bad. I mean, you just want to get – you just want to get the, the – the, 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 you're getting publicity. You're getting on a national stage. You got to take advantage of it. I'm looking at the records. Uh, Freed Hardeman actually plays way better away from home. They are 26-1 and on the road, 8-0 and in neutral sites. 5-0 and in Columbus. 5-0 and in Columbus. Oh, yeah, familiar site. They love playing in the spotlight. Had an opportunity to see them earlier in February as they were in a softball tournament in Columbus. They they have, like, multiple softball fields, but they love playing in that ball stadium that's set up with the, the grandstand and just a great atmosphere, and I wish them nothing but the best of luck to the Lady Lions. And I do expect to see people travel to Columbus, a Freed Harmon alumni, and uh, pretty much if you're a Freed Harmon alumni and you live in the area, that that's where you got to be. I mean, that's – you may not even be a sports fan, but you know, I'm, I'm just saying. I mean, that this is a big deal. They'll be there. They're they're definitely going to travel. They would definitely travel. Gabe, did you ever travel with the the team when uh, they went to the NAIA tournament for basketball? Uh, no, I didn't. I didn't. Well, I traveled with the the women's team. The women's travel, team, yes. I didn't travel with the men's. So they didn't. They didn't let anybody go because it was just too much on the budget to go to uh, Oklahoma. So I just opted to go to Jackson. Yeah, we all went up to Jackson. I remember when the Lady Lions would play at the Omen Arena in Jackson. It was a great site. We called the games on the radio, and uh, I just loved just the hospitality suite where they just had all the all the fixings, all the snacks for all the media members. And oh yeah, just a great experience. Really. Oh yeah. Yeah, that was that was the best. Like, that was those were fun times there. I expect the NAIA will lay out the red carpet for all the media members and it's going to be a great event in the city of Columbus not just our alma mater is in it it's a great event for the city of Columbus oh definitely I mean it's going to bring lots of tourist dollars a lot of revenue businesses are going to enjoy enjoy it so you because you got you got people coming in so and then I mean Columbus is a is a huge military town so more money more money coming in for the uh for the city Absolutely. Well, Gabe, as always, you've been a great guest. As uh, this podcast continues to grow, we've had, I plan on having the head baseball coach of LaGrange High School there in the state championship today. It's pretty awesome if they win at all. I'm going to have him on the show regardless if they win or lose, but if they win, man, he's going to be the most coveted person to interview. I'm, I'm, I'm I'm just honored that he is like willing to be on my podcast and of course my podcast is starting to get a lot of buzz too it's not just a simple podcast that i just did for fun it's not now starting to become a legit podcast where i have ideas about possibly getting a podcast studio possibly going remote live at a, at a location and actually having a televised podcast that, that's that's my goal for it nice nice i mean like i said man i'm, I'm proud of you i'm happy for you you're grinding and you're putting it in, so I'm I'm excited to see uh, everything, all your hard work pay off. Oh, man, Gabe, I do appreciate that. Uh, thanks once again just for being a guest on the show. Hey, thanks for having me, man. Appreciate it.
All right, that was Gabe Reynolds, the head girls basketball coach of Ezel Harding Christian High School. What you got going on with the with with the basketball team? Today is their last day of school, so I got uh, several players that are going to be uh, out of town for uh, AAU. We'll start um, spring or uh, summer summer workouts uh, on Tuesday, uh, May thirtieth. And we'll practice May 30th through June the 3rd. And then we're off the team camp at Middle Tennessee State, June 6th through the 8th. Uh, we go to Lebanon High School team camp, June 13th and 14th. And then we're at the uh, Basketball Coaches Association of Tennessee, their uh, team camp, June 16th and 17th. So we're going to play about 24 games in the month of June. And just getting my my rising freshmen, uh, my new players, getting them indoctrinated to my system, uh, getting them up to speed, trying to see, let my coaching staff see what the players can do. So we're just gonna we're just gonna get out, have fun, do some team bonding, and play. All right, that sounds like a very busy summer. Gabe Reynolds, once again, thank you so much for being a guest on the show. Uh, that was Gabe Reynolds, the head basketball coach of the girls' basketball team at Ezell Harding Christian High School up in Nashville, Tennessee. Thank you, everybody, for listening to my podcast. And don't forget that I'm on social media. Hope everybody has a great rest of your weekend, and we'll talk to you Monday. You've been listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdry. We invite you to download and subscribe. You can find us on Anchor, Spotify, Google Cast, Stitcher, iTunes, or wherever fine podcasts are found. Thanks for listening. Feel free to share with your friends and family. This has been the Sports Beat with your host, Richard Holdry. Produced in Columbus, Georgia. Extra production provided by J.D. Matthews. All opinions stated herein are those of the host and do not represent the opinions of Anchor Podcasts. Copyright 2020, all rights reserved.